You're listening to the Finding Unique Value Podcast with Jay Sparks. Hello, this is Jay Sparks, your host of Finding Unique Value, where I interview business leaders that have found unique value in their business or industry that others have not yet seen or explored. And today I'm excited to be joined by Via, owner of Unavia, a one-stop shop for fashion, beauty, lifestyle, and special events. She's the founder of One Way Treatment, Inc., a nonprofit committed to preventing domestic violence and abuse of any form against women. And she's also a talented artist, graphic designer, interior designer, and with so many talents, including running a business, I'm very interested to find out how Via sees the world and picks the opportunities that have the most value in her eyes. So with that, welcome to the, uh, welcome to the podcast, Via. It's, uh, it's great to be speaking with you today. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's an honor. I'm really humbled and I appreciate it. Thank you. Great, great. Well, I, I didn't, I didn't do your background any justice at all, Avia, because I know you, you, you do so many things and you've had a very interesting life up until now. Could you just kind of tell us what you think uh, we need to know in terms of context, like where, where you've been and 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 what you're what you're up to right now? Sure. So, um, I do currently still operate Unavia LLC, which is my brand and marketing special events company. My one way, my nonprofit against domestic violence, the 501c3, I have dissolved only because I didn't want to make um, domestic violence my career. I raised five, six years, a lot of money. I helped a lot of women and a lot of, you know, young girls. Um, but, you know, everything has its right time and place. And mm-hmm. in business, you know, there's always a saying, you don't ever get too attached to your business. Um, yep. So my main focus from 2014 to currently is viasworld.com and viasworld is basically what I'm doing now and and having a really good success in it um I'm a designer for three boutique hotels in Boston one is 185 State Street it's called Harborside Inn Boutique Hotel and Luxury Lounge the other one is the Charles Mark Hotel on Boylston Street and then the third one is uh, Surfside and in Chatham, and um, currently uh, I am doing all the art for all three hotels, and also doing special events and branding and marketing for them. Wow, that is incredible! I, I'm not even sure where uh, where uh, where to start here because uh, you have so many different <laughs> different things going on. But let, let me ask you this: just a, you know, a general question. So um, many people. Um, want to be a business owner, right? Everybody wants to be the Uh boss, but it's very hard to do. So most people don't, Um, but you made the jump and uh, you've been successful. So what, what were the things that, 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 that either kind of made you do that or or what precipitated, or was was there an event or was it just, you've always wanted to do this until you were a little girl and now just happened to be the, the right time for you to start doing these things? You know, my suggestion is there's a great book by Adam Grant called The Originals, How mm-hmm. Nonconformity Changed the World. Um, actually, I think Harvard Business, they asked their students to read it. Um, mm-hmm. I think, to be honest with you, I think entrepreneurs are born. I hate to say it, but you just have mm-hmm. to have something in you. Um, you just have to naturally be a leader. You just have to be willing to take risks at all time. I knew from the very beginning, I'm not from this country originally. I, mm-hmm. I came here, I'm adopted. I came here when I was about eight and I didn't know how to speak English or anything. 
Um, and so I think the things that happened in my childhood from having to being to adapt so quickly and to, um, you know, be thrown into a new family and, you know, have to learn a, a language. I think those things automatically made me have a entrepreneur mind because to be an entrepreneur, you have to learn to take risks or want to take risks and you have to be okay with failure. And, um, I think, you know, that's why not everybody, not everybody's meant to be the chief. I hate to yep. say it. I think it's, yep. I think it's more a character trait. Okay. Well, I mean, there's a lot of people that, um, you know, uh, for instance, have kind of been thrown in, you know, maybe in a, in a similar situation, but they don't come out with your ability to kind of see the future. Because part of what an entrepreneur does is they have some sort of vision, right? And I bet um, you have a very interesting vision of where you want to take all of this. So where did, where did, that, uh, where did that possibility come from? Right. Like where, hmm. where did you remember when that started that, you know, Hey, I can, I can, I can change the world to be X. I, I can have, um, you know, my art, artwork hanging on that wall, or I can, I can have a say in what that hotel puts on their wall or put, you know, what drapes they put up or however you, you, uh, um, you, you contract your work. Where did that, where did that come from? Think, Do you remember? Okay. Yeah. I think my, honestly, um, my adopted father, um, was a very, very, unique individual to mm -hmm. to be able to adopt you know two children from Central America and you know obviously he's white I see already thought outside the box um, and mm -hmm. I just remember coming to this country and when I learned how to speak English I said to him I'd like to be the president and he said to me uh -huh. um, you can't be the president because you weren't born here and he goes but we can try to change the law and I go well, how do we do that and then he said we got to go through all the neighborhoods and we got to get, you know, a certain amount of signatures. Sure. And we, if you get a certain amount, then we're going to mail it to the president and see if mm -hmm. you can change the law. And I think things like that. And then obviously to him throwing me in sports and I wanted yeah. to play baseball and football. Yeah. And he was like, because you're a girl, you can do yeah. anything. So I sure. think my adoptive father was really the one that told me it doesn't matter if you're a girl. It doesn't matter about your skin color. It doesn't matter that you know I, I'm dyslexic as well so he, mm -hmm. he was always like it doesn't matter about your learning disabilities you, there's nothing in this world that you can't do so I really have to say um, big influence and that was definitely my adopted father and he wasn't an entrepreneur at all he was a school teacher but wow. he definitely um, he, he 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 motivated and influenced a lot of inner city kids and including myself so definitely for no, my adopted no. father yeah, no, that's incredible. It's it, it's really you know uh, amazing. One one person can make a big difference, right? That's why uh, you know we always try to be that that one person, right, for for others. So that's uh, great that you, your your um, your adoptive father was able to to kind of set you on that path, right? You know, the path of the possibilities. Now he wasn't an entrepreneur, so he could only take you so far. Did you have other uh, mentors that you that, that you had, or did you have like virtual mentors like you know like Adam Grant, the, the author you mentioned, or other people? Like how how did you learn yeah. some of this stuff? Because there's no way I, you can you could have been born with that knowledge. <clears throat> right, absolutely. So um, I, I went to school at Salem State, and then I did my internship um, for New England Strategic Development Company. And my very first mentor, which is very well known in Boston, he's a lobbyist. His name is um, Dr. Tennant, Dr. Alexander Tennant, also known as Sandy Tennant. And um, 
I owe, I tell everybody this. I am the businesswoman I am today because of him. He mm-hmm. has a PhD from Harvard. He um, was, he's a Republican, not that that matters, but you know, um, I got to do amazing things with him. He, from the very beginning, he would throw contracts in front of me, you know, words mm-hmm. that I didn't understand or things sure. I was like, what he's like, he was like, read it. And I'm like, what? And he's like, we'll talk about it the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, just to give you some background on some of the things I've gotten to do, um, I raised funds and I got to basically, um, in the minister Turks and Caicos, it was because of us and the money that we raised that he was able to become the president. Um, I met Barack Obama. Barack Obama, when he was running for uh, senator in Chicago, called Sandy, but, you know, he's like, Sandy, I know you're a Republican, but will you raise money for me? And he pointed me, he said, I'm going to have my account manager do it, you know, because the lobbyist isn't going to turn down his 10, 15%, whatever he gets for his funds he raises, sure. right? Sure, <laughs> so, sure, sure. <laughs> so, you know, I, I had, he opened up this uh, social capital in this network for me where, you know, here I am calling everybody from Harvard who was this prestigious, you know, whoever. And yeah. at a very young age, at 23, 24, this is what I was exposed to. And when I saw, you know, I was traveling out on private planes. This is before social media and all this stuff, mm-hmm. too. So I was doing things that, you know, and in the meantime, I'm still living in the projects and in, in Lynn housing mm-hmm. projects with my daughter. And I'm still mm-hmm. on welfare because I'm doing an internship for him. But I'm not going to, like, ter- pass up the opportunity to do to meet and do the things that I learned with my mentor, Sandy. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's uh, an incredible story just in and of itself. Um, so how did you get over the fear of calling these people from Harvard? Because I assume you were contacting like Harvard alumni. Is, is that, is that yeah, what you were doing? Exactly. And you were asking them for money for someone that, that maybe you had met once and maybe you believed in, maybe you didn't. But, you know, that that's tough. And most people that, you know, maybe had um, a much easier situation than you wouldn't have been able to do that. So how how were you able to? Because it sounds like that was really, um, you weren't set up to fail, but it sounds like that would be very challenging for anybody. And it was even maybe more challenging for you. Or, or was it easy for you? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to try to be as humble as I can be on this, but I, I don't have fear. <laughs> Okay, well that's great. Well there there you go. That that's that's the answer. So it's just not those things aren't going to aren't going to ever be yeah. a, a challenge for you. So you're no, you're hardwired with that, which is great. I I'm going to tell you why. I think, you know, when my biological mother gave me up and I lived in an orphanage, imagine mm-hmm. I didn't know anybody. Then yeah. I come to him and, and then my adopted parents they come to uh Guatemala and and literally the the woman who runs the orphanage you know, had my hand, let go of it and handed me over. Then I'm on yeah. a plane and I'm in America. So I think somehow my wiring, I, I couldn't have fear. You know, everything was survivor yeah. mode. So yeah. in, in, in a sense, it's good and bad because I don't ever have butterflies in my stomach. I never feel that feeling of fear. I don't have it in my life. So let me ask you this, because, you know, um, you still have the same biology as the rest of us, Via, as, as, as much of a superwoman as you are. <laughs> you, you must have some um, something, but I, I think, I don't think you're giving yourself enough credit because, you know, there must be some self-talk there that, because um, um, I, I know some very accomplished, for instance, public speakers who can move a crowd um, like I've never seen um, yet, 
you know, I know from talking to them that they get nervous every time they get ready to make a presentation. You would never see it to look at them on the camera. They look, you know, polished and, and totally in control. But, you know, before you were making these calls or before you have a, a new a new situation or before you're talking to, you know, maybe a, a new potential very large um, client, what, what, are you, what are you telling yourself before that? Are you talking about, um, are you thinking about what's going to happen and how you're going to be successful? Or are you thinking about what you're going to say? Or are you just very just calm and not thinking about anything, just kind of, you know, relaxed? You know, once again, I'm going to go back to my adopted father. He always told me, a closed mouth don't get fed. So um, what's the worst someone's going to say is no, right? And I think once you accept that, maybe they might say no, or maybe they may not be acceptance of whatever you're trying to speak to them or tell them, then that's fine. So the, the better that, if in the back of your mind you keep that, okay, they may not like that or they may say no, then mm-hmm. you don't have any disappointment. It's the best thing to do to walk in any situation with no expectations. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, you know that that's what all the the research is telling us now, Via. Right? You know, be be present. Right? Be in the moment because uh, if you're thinking about the past, you're going to be depressed, and if you're going to think about what might happen, you're going to have lots of anxiety. So if you're kind of in the in the moment and focused on what you're saying, for instance, uh, in, in your words, you're you're going to you're most likely going to set yourself up for success. But you somehow figured that out without anybody having to tell you. So it's very, uh, very, uh, very impressive. Um, which which leads me to an, a, a, another, another question because you know, among, you know, besides all of this we just talked about that is very unique to you, um, you're one of the few people I know, and I know a lot of very successful people, but you um, have the artist mindset, which is um, kind of uh, um, very, you know, big picture. And you also have the, you know, the business mindset, which, which tends to be much more structured and, and sequential yet you have these two kind of opposing thoughts in your head at the same time. How did that, have you always been like that? Um, as you, you know, kind of became a teenager or, or is that something that you had to learn? You had to learn one more than the other as you got, uh, as you got older. Once again, life, um, makes you adapt. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, before I could speak English, before I could um, speak any language, I could always draw. So drawing was my first form of communication. So that's ah, just a gift okay. that I was born with. Yep. And before um, energy, I'm really body language. That's a whole language within itself that I don't think human beings really focus enough on. Um, mm-hmm. You have to follow your intuition. You have to follow people's body language and, and their energy. And then um, the last thing that you asked, how was I able to, um, I'm sorry, can you ask, repeat that question again? How was I able to merge them together? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, because you usually, you know, people, um, you know, we tend to have a preference, right? You tend to be someone who likes to think kind of, the, you know, the, the big picture ideas or you like, you know, kind of get in the details, right? You, you, you um, because of your business uh, success and your artistic success, you're able to do both, I'm sure, lots of times at the same time, right? So you're, you're holding these two opposing ideas, you know, think, think big picture and also think details. And most people kind of want to, they, they tend to gravitate to one or the other, um, but you do both. Right. Okay. Um, so I, again, I think having, being a single mother, having my daughter right out of high school and not being able to focus on my art like I wanted to, um, mm-hmm. And I had all these big dreams, but I couldn't yeah. do these big dreams because I'm a single mother. So yeah. I had to really 
kind of, you know, go back and, and, and say, okay, I need to learn how to do this, that, and the third, or I need to learn how to make money. And um, once again, just what life has thrown at me has made me be able to adapt. And I think that's the main thing for me. I don't know about any other business or entrepreneur person, but you have to learn how to adapt to what life throws you and how are you yeah. going to handle that? Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I totally, I totally agree. It's just, um, did your, um, your mentor, did he you know help you with some of these kind of business things or did you have other people that you also, um, um, got some advice on. Well, you know what? This is this is this is you know what? Okay, yeah. I uh, this is where I was going from the beginning. So uh, when I was about fifteen, mm-hmm. um, once again, I don't want to discredit my adopted parents. They were great people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just wasn't a great fit. But um, yeah. they did. They they kicked me out, and I was homeless. Uh, and mm-hmm. um, the streets raised me, and with the streets comes drug dealers and different things, uh, and you learn a lot on the streets and believe it or not, street economics is a lot like wall street economics, product, you know, I had to learn how to survive because when you're a young woman in the streets and and you can either get, you know, um, as they call sex trafficking, which in the streets is called getting pimped, you know, I think, or, or you get raised by, and I, I was raised by, you know, drug dealers and I'm not trying to like glorify that, but they taught me a lot about business. Uh, Mm -hmm. I hate to say it, but they really did in their own way. And so I've taken all these life lessons with me and I always learned, okay, you can't sell anything without a demand for it. You can't sell anything if you don't have product. And I've taken all of this knowledge and flipped the hustle in the business currently because that's what mm-hmm. life is about product supply and demand in business sure so so you decided not to um you decided to have a legitimate business essentially so use uh, <laughs> you, you use use the uh, you use what you learned and turn exactly. it into a way that you can do it without having to be looking over your shoulder the whole time exactly um, exactly so, i watched and learned a lot yeah so how did you start that because that's always the, the toughest thing right is once once you have some momentum like it's much easier now for you to keep these different enterprises you have moving than it is to start them right because tons of inertia there's tons of things that can stop you tons of problems that now if you had the same problem probably wouldn't slow you down as much but when you're starting it could actually stop you from 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 continuing so how did you get through um that initial stage the point where you were starting to make some money that you could you could actually you know survive on or did it happen quickly? Okay. Um, no, I did tell my mentor right away that I wanted to have my own business. I I, mm. I did a, I was his account manager, so I did a lot of the special events, the yeah. the fundraising, the branding, mm-hmm. the marketing. So I knew that I liked that entity. And then um, in 2000, I want to say six or seven, um, I I was referred to a lawyer. His name is Brian Price out of Harvard, um, and he does uh, intellectual property. He does you know, LLCs, he does so all these things. So in my uh, mentor knew that I was an artist. So I was referred to him and um, the, it's called Harvard, Harvard Law. And I forgot, I think they help you. If you and at that time, I didn't really have a lot of money. So mm-hmm. all you I would have to do is pay for my filing fees. And I came mm-hmm. to Brian Price's office. And here I was kind of all these big picture ideas, like you said, as an artist. Yeah. And yeah. he was able to say, 
okay, take this back here. This is what we're going to do here. This is what we're going to do here. So I really owe a lot to Brian Price at Harvard School, mm. Harvard um, Law. Wow. No, it's incredible. I mean, we all, no, nobody is successful by themselves, Via, right? You, All of us Never. have. We have groups mm -hmm. of people that, that have helped us. Uh, it's just you need to be smart enough to listen. It sounds like you were, um, you were smart enough to listen and to you know, execute on what you were uh, what you were shown, which is which is great. Um, so mm -hmm. so let me ask you this: What what? Um, let me ask you two questions, but it's actually the same question. So what, what mistakes do you see business people make when they're trying to kind of get in the artist world, and, and what mistakes do you see artists making when they're trying to start a business? Or maybe they're two different questions. I'm not sure, but it seems that you you do both. What what mistakes do you see from from both sides that maybe some people can learn from? <clears throat> I think just overall in business, forget being an artist. People make mistakes with not. First of all, don't ever do a business for the money. Do it because you mm -hmm. really love it and it's your passion. Because mm -hmm. if you're doing it for the money, you most likely won't succeed because your your motives and your intentions are wrong. Um, it, I mean, obviously the stock market and things like that is different, but if you're really creating a business from your heart, it has to be something you really love um, and want to do. And that means also discipline. I would say you have to have discipline. Like I don't have much of a date in life. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I just am so focused. You have to be disciplined. Yeah. And also, you know, my, my adopted parents couldn't help me. So you have to learn how to really ask for help. You have to research, yeah. you have to read a lot. Um, so focus, discipline, um, and never give up because that's the main thing is so many people are like, oh man, I thought being an entrepreneur was going to be cool. And I didn't realize yeah. I got to work on Sunday too. I can't watch the yeah. game. Yep. And then yep. as an artist, I think, um, know that if you're an artist and you don't have business savvy, uh, I think it's important that you reach out to lawyers or to everybody has to know a lawyer, whether even if it's a criminal lawyer, whatever, that criminal yeah. lawyer may know an intellectual property lawyer or, you know, entertainment lawyer, whatever, sure. you know, so you have to ask questions all the time. I'm definitely not the like most smartest person in the world, but I, I ask and ask and ask until I find my answer. Mm -hmm. So how do you, um, so how do you know what to uh, what to ask? What are, what are the what are the things that because um, some of these things like when you're looking at that contract, right? When you first read it, like you don't even know where to start, right? Because you know, writing reading legalese is, is is really really challenging, even for someone who who is studying law, right? So um, what what types of things uh, do you try to do you try to focus on when you're when you're looking for help? Are you looking for a, like a like an expert in a certain area, or you're looking for a certain yes. type of person that makes you feel comfortable, or or both, or what 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 what? How do you kind of what what's your process? I'm trying to figure out because I I think that that you're um, you just think this is what you need to do, but I I think there's a lot of a uh, lot going on inside your head that that hasn't um, um, that you're not conscious of that would be very valuable to other people who who it's not as obvious to. Um, so I'm just trying to pull some of that out. So I'm not I don't have a I'm not looking for a certain answer. I'm just trying to see exactly what your what your thought process is because I, I I know um, there are many many people that will listen to this. They're in your situation or have been in your situation, and I'm sure they could really um, get some value from what uh, you know what Via did, right? Because um, you you figured it out. You cracked the code, which is which is really uh, really impressive. 
<laughs> well, thank you. I don't think uh, you're being very kind, but thank you. There's still a lot I need to learn. Well, and I'm glad that you just said that because this is the key answer I think that you're trying to get out of me is know that you don't know everything. That's the number one thing. You never, ever think you know everything. And because you don't know everything in life, go to the experts that do know things and unhumble yourself. It's okay to ask for help. Once again, you, you're never going to be successful by yourself. So uh, I know and, and knowing your weaknesses. And when you know your weaknesses, then you know who to ask for help for. For, for instance, um, if I have to do press releases or, um, you know, I'm not, my, my spelling is horrible and I'm dyslexic. I am mm-hmm. never going to write anything. I'm going to have someone <laughs> not, not yeah. doing it, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, will, I will voice record it. I'll say this is what I want. But I'm not, that is my biggest weakness and downfall actually in business is my, mm. my, my grammar, my spelling, and I'm dyslexic. And it's just, it's, mm. that's, that's it. It's too much for me. And I know that. So I get an expert mm-hmm. to do it. Yeah. Yep. And there are plenty out there that would love to do it for you. Right. And who, who, who it would be fun for them to take what you say and, you know, and craft it and then, you know, give it back to you and make sure that it's, you know, it's, it's what you meant. Um, exactly no, uh, because yeah. that's what they love to do exactly and then you know you get to and then you make a new relationship and you build a relationship and then you build them up and that's mm-hmm. another thing is you build them up in their expertise because then they feel good they were willing to help you and 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 i mean they were able to help you and, and help yeah. you bring your vision to life on paper mm-hmm. yeah no that's uh, that's great that's a great uh, great way to delegate right because that, that that's probably one of the main issues I see with small business owners is they don't delegate because you think that VIA has got to do everything. So VIA has got to know everything and do everything. And all that does is make VIA very, very tired. <laughs> right? But if you can right. find other people to do certain things that you don't either want to do or don't like to do, then that frees you up to really do the things you love, which it sounds like um, just based on what you do is, is all is the creative part. You love coming up with the new ideas and, and, and getting them started. Then you can have a whole team of people that can kind of you know, kind of complete everything for you because it doesn't sound like you get as much satisfaction out of that. Is that is that accurate? Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> accurate. Like for instance, with my fashion, I have three different seamstresses that I work with, and you know, I I design it, I cut out the patterns, and then I bring it to them, and then boom, I'm not yeah. sewing it, but yeah. I'm still creating it. You know, and then yeah. for instance, my art, my design, yes, I'm painting the stuff, but. If I have to get the prints made, like I don't have an in-house printer, I send it out to a printing company, you know, or um, for instance, one of the things that I'm working on right now, the client um, at Harborside Inn, he wants um, really Bostonian history. So um, he, and he wants them in, a, in like 46 by 46. So I know that I had to bring in somebody. So I brought in another graphic designer who is also an architect. And I said, hey, this is what I want. But it's knowing that I can't fully do that. I ha- I have created the concept, but now I need help for you to make this art um, be, be so it's printed big and it's not pixelated. And I know that I don't have backgrounds in uh, a Illustrator or Adobe, you know what I mean? Things like that. Yeah. So I know that I have to ask for help and I'm okay with that. Wow. No, that's, uh, that's great. That's great. I'm glad that that's... That's working. Um, you're just switching topics a little bit because one thing I forgot to ask you earlier is that I, I kind of understand how you know the fashion, interior design go together. They're they're sort of similar, but you also mm-hmm. are a painter, and 
Yeah. So you you have to have a concept, and you also have to have the ability to to paint. It sounds like you had that since you were a a little girl, uh, from what you said earlier. But what was the um what was the kind of the 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 um the reason that you did uh, modern day Mona Lisa? I saw that on your um on your website. It's a very interesting piece. And if you could just describe what it is to someone who hasn't looked at your your website yet, and then kind of go over that, because I, I think that's really interesting. Oh, wow. Yeah. MDML. That everybody loves modern day Mona Lisa. So <laughs> everybody loves that. And that's like, um, so somebody bought that, which I'm, I'm like so honored. It's in Philadelphia. Um, they bought it for $5,000. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it was, I like honestly cried. My concept behind MDML. So also too, I usually paint women because I feel like, you know, women, we are walking art. And I always mm-hmm. want to empower women. And I always mm-hmm. call women queens, too, because, you know, society, whatever, wants to call us different things. So yeah. whatever. Anyway, mm-hmm. and um, I'm very, like I said, I come from a very blended background from being Mayan Indian, being adopted to, you know, white parents. My mm-hmm. daughter is half Liberian. And then I grew up in Lynn where it's so multicultural as well. So um, MDML. I painted has every single nationality of woman. And so she has one blue eye, one green eye. Then she has um, like the Indian Hindu art over her eyes. Mm-hmm. And then I painted her and made her bald because I didn't want to have like different hair. So yeah. it was just a representation of all women together because um, one thing I don't like either is once again, uh, beauty has always been painted of, like Caucasian women and being a woman of color, I think it's important that we shed light to the beauty of all women. And um, Mm -hmm. I I don't really like to paint colors. I like a meaning like nationality. I don't want to paint just white women. I don't want to just paint black women. I don't want to just paint Hispanic women, you know? So it's important to me that um, I painted and put all the women in the world in one painting. Yeah, and it was interesting the way you did it because when I first looked at it, it just looked like um, a very interesting, like impressionistic piece. Until I read mm-hmm. the description, I said, "Oh wow! Now I understand why these colors are there and why the different shapes are there and it whatnot." So you really did a, a great job. It wasn't um, uh, it, it wasn't obvious at all, which I think is important, right? You you want it to be subtle, and uh, you know maybe that's why people uh, uh, people gravitate toward it so uh, so much. Well, yeah, Thank no, you. I. I and that's a great a great embodiment of all the different things that you do, right? Because you need uh, a certain process in place, but you also need a, an artistic ability and you need to implement it. So this is kind of a, it's almost like a, an embodiment of everything that uh, um, that you are to get that, that particular print done. Um, so I'm glad it was, uh, I'm glad it's being received well. Thank um, you. Thank you very much. Uh-huh. Yeah. Now, you're still selling well, prints of that? Is, is that what is that what uh, is on your website since the original was, was, yeah, was purchased? I'm only selling prints, yeah, because yeah. the original is already purchased, so um, you can buy prints of it. And I have so much more art that I'm going to be putting up that I have. Like, for instance, the whole Global Standards of Beauty art, all those women are going to be put up. All my fashions, my new fashion is going to be put up. So uh, I just honestly, because of this hotel project and not just, and then my fashion show and my, my paint mm-hmm. series show, like, I just, I'm only one human being, you know. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I haven't had so, time to upload everything, but it's sure. totally going to happen within the next month or two. Great, great. So, so that leads me to, to you know one of my last questions, and, and is you're doing many different things. So, are, are you going to continue to grow 
each of these different areas, in which case you're going to need to start to build a team for yourself, right? Because you're, like you said, you're, you're one, you're one woman, you can't do, you certainly can't do it all. Um, and, and we won't be able to do it all well. Or do, are you going to start to focus on just a couple of things and maybe either, either not spend so much time on the other things or, or sell them or, or give them to, you know, have someone else kind of run with them? What, what are your, what are your plans going forward? Absolutely. I'm building a team. So for instance, for the hotel, um, commercial property or, or, you know, resident stuff, any art interior, I do have a team. I have two graphic designers I work with. One is a architect and graphic designer and the other mm -hmm. one is a um, graphic designer. So this is great. And then I have a printing company I work hand in hand with. So any of the concepts and ideas that I have, um, boom, like we can, that's a team I have. Then mm -hmm. um, for my fashion, I mean, well, my paintings will always be for me because I can't yeah. tell somebody to paint something to me. That's weird, right? Sure. Sure. Yep. <laughs> yep. So the paintings I will always do. Um, and then as far as my fashion, I do have an assistant that I hired to kind of, um, and you know, what the most amazing, she's just not my assistant. She's one of my longtime friends, but I, we lived mm -hmm. in the projects together, the housing projects. And um you know, I wanted to cry. She told me I inspired her. So she went back to school and she's at Salem State taking business. So she said she can be a better businesswoman for me. And wow. that's, that's great. inspiring that my own friend, exactly, because I want her to run my um my Money Over Men brand, which is, mm -hmm. um it's called Mom, Money Over Men. And it's a fashion, but it's just not fashion. It's also going to be um, product and service where, we bring women entrepreneurs together and I showcase and shed light to different women entrepreneurs and they talk about how they started their business, pretty much kind of like what we're doing. And mm -hmm. women come in and we have dinners and mm -hmm. they can talk about their business and they learn from it. No, that's, that's fantastic. I think there's uh, lots of advantages to having, you know, all women or all men, right? Because we, we, we communicate so differently that um, mm -hmm. um, it, it really is important. I'm, I'm glad you have a, um, um, uh, have a way for that to happen in, in the business world because um, unfortunately uh, via, it's very rare that I talk to someone like yourself, right? Most of the business owners I'm talking to are, are male, you know, middle-aged. Um, so we need to, we need to change that and, and uh, we don't have a lot of mechanisms in place right now. So hopefully this will, need, this will be one. Well, we do need to change that. And I'm glad that you said that because that's another thing, you know, for instance, that's one of the reasons why America, um, let's say this country is so, um, look, it's thriving because when you realize that women work and women get mm -hmm. educated, that's how, you know, it's uplifted economically as a community, mm -hmm. as, you know, globally. So that's one of the biggest problems in my own country in Guatemala is women are still treated to like barefoot and pregnant and have babies. They're not educated. And yeah. Therefore, there's no type of economic growth or business growth because they're not seeing the value of women working. And um, I think, though, you know, if you look at um, business owners, if you look at a lot of companies now, Fortune, put, they are putting women in place because uh, in, in position of power and CEOs and vice presidents because the world is changing. And especially with uh, social media, women with their blogs or their influencers, like they're having a voice. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, women buy all the products. Men really yeah. don't buy stuff. Well, now, like, for instance, in the auto industry, we, women are responsible for over 50% of the automotive purchases. 
right? Because they're either buying cars themselves or there's a man in their life that they have a tremendous amount of influence over, right? So, you, you know, if you're not focused on on women, then you're, you're not going to do as well as, as you can. And I think that's going to bleed over into, you know, many other areas too, because there's been, a you know, like supply and demand, right? We, we've kept that supply down for for a very long time, and now, um, and now there aren't as many obstacles, which which is great. You know, I have a, I have a young daughter too, and I want her to, you know, to be able to do the things you're doing if if she decides. So, um, but we need to make it, uh, make it easy so she she can um, think about how she wants to do it, as opposed to, you know, who does she have to, you know, where can she get the knowledge to, right, uh, to to uh, to learn. Um, well, that's great. Well, I've I've really. Uh, I really enjoyed this conversation, Via. This this took many different turns that I, I wasn't uh, expecting at all. So you definitely definitely caught me off guard here in a, in a, in a very good way. If if someone is is inspired by this or they you know they want to be part of this new team, uh, either with respect to your events or the three hotels or the five brands or the I'm sure there's other things we haven't discussed that you're, you're also doing. What, what what's the best way for people to to get in touch with you and, and, and reach out and and say hello? Yeah, sure. So the best way um, is um, via at viasworld.com. So that's mm -hmm. V-I-A, the at symbol, and then it's viasworld.com. Just send me an email, uh, any type of, let's say, um, something that we, some type of synergy that we can form, or if you would just like to say hello, whatever, I'm pretty good at responding. Um, and then, so that would be the best way. And then also I have my social media it's um, at Sylvia, S-I-L-V-I-A, Via, or at Via's World, V-I-A-S dot World, um, and just send me an inbox. I think my Facebook is maxed out, so you can't, like, friend me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, I, I'm, you know, I'm pretty accessible, especially on social media. It's been really great for me. Um, and then, you know, email is always good as well. And then, you know, I have to be very conscious too of I'm a woman and I'm somewhat of attractive woman, so I do need to have boundaries, of course. So, mm -hmm. you know, if the if the situation is is business wise is good for me, then yes, I will continue then exchange phone numbers and things like that. Great, great. Well, that that's fantastic, and that's very uh, generous of you to uh, to offer that. And I hope uh, you know the right people uh, take you up on it. And, uh, Absolutely. I always yeah. look forward to growing and, and meeting new people. Absolutely. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, for everyone else, thank you for listening to uh, Finding Unique Value. We look forward to sharing our next guest uh, soon. And thank you. Bye for now. The Finding Unique Value podcast is sponsored by Elliott Asset Management. We help successful entrepreneurs create wealth outside of their business. To discover the five ways successful entrepreneurs become intelligent investors and grow wealth beyond their business, visit ElliotM.com slash webinar.